This episode of I Want to Like You is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ochtrap, the editor of Real Simple, and this week we are talking about gossips. So my guest today is Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett. Lisa is the University Distinguished Professor of Psychology and Director of the Interdisciplinary Effective Science Laboratory at Northeastern University. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm delighted. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Have you ever had to say your title like five times fast? Because it's really hard. <laughs> well, my goal is to add as many words as I can onto the end of it. So. <laughs> okay, so next time you're on, I expect like two more words on there. And actually, for those listening, her title is longer because she has research appointments at Harvard Medical School and Mass General, but I left that part out. Um, so I guess my first question, you know, as you know, the name of this podcast is I Want to Like You. And I almost want, and it's about annoying people. And I almost wonder if gossips is even a good topic for this podcast because don't people kind of like gossips? <laughs> I guess that's my first question for you. Yes, absolutely. So I think the scientific answer is yes. Gossip is one of the things that humans use to indicate affiliation and connection. Uh, some people think gossip is the uh, you know, we don't, as primates, we don't show affiliation by picking fleas off each other and eating them. We we instead trade tasty tidbits of gossip. Mm. Um, but, you know, from a personal standpoint, when you go to scientific meetings and so on, the first thing that you see people doing is catching up on gossip in their field, in part because that's the way we bond with each other. That's how you know who your friends are and who your enemies are supposed to be. It's so complicated, right? And so I think when I was walking over to tape this podcast, I was thinking about this that famous quote, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me, <laughs> and, which I think people think is Dorothy Parker. But then when I did a little bit of digging, I think it might be Alice Roosevelt Longfellow, who was Teddy Roosevelt's daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's my assignment for tomorrow is to figure out who actually said that. But, but you know, so I, it's funny to for me to conjure up the image of these scientific conferences and and it kind of starts with gossip. <laughs> so like what so you know both I guess from your professional and personal opinion is gossip bad? It can like most things mm-hmm. uh, in psychology, you know, people say it depends. The answer is it depends and I think that's really true here. I think gossip can sometimes be very helpful and it can sometimes be extraordinarily harmful much more harmful, I think, than you might imagine it to be. Mm -hmm. It really depends on what's being said and who's saying it and with what intent. Okay, so can you give me some examples? I mean, not, uh, you know, I mean, it could be from your own life, but, or just some scenarios. Like I'm thinking about, you know, if, for example, something bad. I live in a fairly tight-knit community, and whenever a family in my community uh, suffers any kind of hardship, some really truly tragic and some, you know, hugely just inconvenient, the the whole community kind of comes together, which is one of the things I love about my town. 
But so when you're talking about someone, you know, news travels fast, as they say, right? And when you're talking about someone who has experienced something horrible, but with the intent, to use your word, to help them, would you say that, like, is that gossip? Yes, I would imagine that it is. I mean, I think from a scientific standpoint, gossip really is not defined by the intent to harm. It's really defined as two people talking about a third person or a third set of people or an event with the intent to bond and also spread information, not necessarily with the intent to harm. And I think in trying to understand when gossip is really helpful and when it's really harmful, you know, it's helpful to understand a little bit about how the nervous system works and also how we regulate each other's body budgets, really. You know, every body, your body, my body, we, it has a budget that it works on. It You make deposits to that bu- uh, budget and you also make withdrawals. And that's what happens to keep you alive and well or make you sick. Mm-hmm. And we help each other regulate our budgets, so to speak. You can regulate your budget by eating or by hugging someone or by talking dirt about someone. There are lots of ways to do it. So if I tell you something, uh, something awful that's befallen someone who we both know, that might be an attempt to, so, so for example, Kristen, if I'm telling you something about someone we both know, mm-hmm. something horrible happened, that might be an attempt to get you to help me regulate my body budget in the moment, or it might be a cue that... I should be um, securing you or getting you to also reach out to that person and help them as well, to help that person with whatever's going on. Okay, so I, this whole body budget thing is so fascinating. So, you had, so we all have a body budget that is kind of regulated through both kind of physical input and psychological input, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, and then gossip, trading and gossip – is is working on your kind of psychological portion of your body budget. Well, actually, what's so interesting is it the input is psychological, but the effect is physical. So the parts of your brain that allow you to understand words, to under, to um, understand concepts, to imagine what other people are thinking or feeling, those parts, that circuitry in the brain is actually directly regulating your body budget. When you think about gossip and motivation, you touched on this a little bit just now. And as a, as a psychology professor, when you, when you think about people gossiping, do you, can you think of kind of a really common or the most common motivation for the gossiper, not the recipient, but what, what makes people, what is the impulse that makes people want to gossip? I think the impulse that makes people want to gossip is usually some kind of social connection. It may be a social connection that uh, is involved in making themselves feel better in the eyes of, uh, making themselves feel better or um, look better in the eyes of somebody else. Mm-hmm. It, it can be to help justify something that happened with the person they're gossiping about. It can merely be a way of saying, signaling, you're somebody I like and feel close to, or somebody I trust, Mm -hmm. or somebody I want to align myself with. But like all communications between people, the motivation is usually 
social, and it's usually strategic, even if the gossiper isn't aware uh, of what that strategy is consciously. Okay, so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, I want to ask you about that gossiper and how to handle her or him. (laughs) So I've never built a website, and in part because it seems so daunting. But if I were to build a website, I know where I would go. I would go to Squarespace. Squarespace makes the sites look professionally designed, regardless of your skill level, So, which mine is like zero when it comes to designing a website. So that's very good. And it's intuitive and easy to use, which if you ask my children, they will know I desperately need anything that's intuitive and easy to use. So if you're trying to design a website or dreaming of designing a website or you want to design a website, Squarespace is your place. So if you want to start a free trial today, you go to squarespace.com. Make sure you use the offer code real simple and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay, so Lisa, you are, as we've said, a psychology professor at Northeastern and and like 12 other things. But in, in thinking about gossip and if you could think about this both as a as a psychology professor, maybe, but also as a, you know, as a woman living in the world as a civilian who doesn't necessarily study this kind of thing. You know, when you when someone's gossiping to you, I mean, so you talked about the the reason people gossip and, you know, it's to establish connection. It's to make you feel better. It, it involves your body budget or the body budget of the person listening. But if you are, if someone is gossiping to you and you don't want to hear it, can you, are there graceful ways that you can not be the recipient? I mean, this takes us to kind of an etiquette place, but I'm sure you've been in that situation in your, you know, in your life. Absolutely. I think it's tricky. In my experience, I would say directly addressing the gossip doesn't work. I mean, unless you really want to shame the person who's gossiping, who's the gossiper, you mm-hmm. know. And maybe uh, you do. And maybe you do, <laughs> in which case. Uh, <laughs> Go but, for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but usually redirecting the conversation um, or making a kind of a joke. I, I find that uh, like a little sarcastic quip, it, you know, is, is usually a good way to, to, to change the course of a conversation. I would say unless the gossip is harmful in, along lines having to do with racism or sexism or something like that where those might be the cases where you, I will just tell you personally where I would risk mm-hmm. offending someone or causing strife in a conversation because those kinds of things I usually find are worth a direct you know a, a direct assault as it were on mm-hmm. the on what's being discussed but otherwise I would just deflect I mean do you when you are on the receiving end of gossip Given your profession, do you kind of immediately go to a place where you are thinking about, okay, what's this person's motivation? Well, I'm always wondering what someone's motivation is. <laughs> and I don't think that's because I'm a psychologist. I think I became a psychologist because yeah. I'm always wondering about that. But I'm a big gossip, actually. I'm interested in people. And so I'm interested in talking about them, not talking crap, but talking ab- about them as 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 interesting people. So I'm a I'm a pretty big gossip and I have a very large network of friends. So we're constantly engaged in in talking about other people. 
but not usually in a mean, harmful way, just because not not because I'm a, the paragon of virtue, you know, far from it. But I actually know that, you know, talking about people in a negative way can be really harmful to them, mm-hmm. um, not just harmful to their outcomes, but literally harmful to, to their physical health. And, you know, bullying, for example, or um, the kind of teasing that you see, which borders on bullying, on sitcoms where there's, you know, people say horrible things to each other, and then there's a laugh track that goes along <laughs> with it. When you say those kinds of things to people in real life, it actually has a terrible effect on their nervous system. Really critical, harsh words can, all over the long term, affect people and make them sick, like in a real physical way, because of this body budget uh, mm-hmm. connection. So in my own life, and I would recommend this to other people, I think it's really a good idea to always try to see the positive in people, even if you're really, really irritated by what they've done. So, I mean, do you, so a couple of things, you know, when you think about kids, I don't know if you have kids, I have three kids, they're boys. And so I think, I'm not saying boys don't gossip, but, um, not like, well, since I had children, I believe all the sex stereotypes, just putting it out there. Um, my boys just don't gossip that much, I don't think. So I've never had to, like, say to them, hey, guys, time out. You know, what you're doing is not kind or it's it's going to be harmful. But do you do you think about kids, either yours or others, when you're trying to figure out how to modify your own behavior or or you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I totally. No, I have one daughter. She's 17. So she's um, almost safely through adolescence and off to college. And I would say I don't think the sex stereotypes are necessarily accurate. I will say that girls' theory of mind is a little bit developmentally ahead of boys. So mm-hmm. boys in in middle school and high school don't necessarily gossip as much as young men or men do in general. Men eventually catch up to women in theory of mind, more or less. But um, there was no laugh on your part, so that was well, no. where you were supposed to. Because I'm thinking, no, you know what I'm thinking? Here's what the, the thought bubble over my head was. So what's theory of mind? Like general cluelessness? Because if it's general <laughs> cluelessness, I would say 100%. Their theory of mind skills are way behind all the girls who are their age. <laughs> I would say that having a conversation and talking about people's intentions and their motivations and uh, or analyzing the reasons for their actions and so on, that's really girls develop that skill a little earlier than boys do, but boys eventually catch up. And most of the sex differences that people believe are true, you know, girls are more emotional, girls are more empathic and so on, are not, actually, when you look closely, are not really true. Mm -hmm. Um, These are theories that we hold about each other. But when you look at moment-to-moment behaviors and interactions and so on, what you see is that there are some really empathic girls or girls with really terrific theory of mind and some who are not so terrific. And the same uh, thing goes with, with boys. It's just boys take a little longer to catch up to girls. So boys may not gossip, but but men certainly do. And that's because they've, for the most part, you know, caught up to their female counterparts. And with my daughter, I would say... You know, sometimes being catty is a way to let off steam as long as everybody knows that it's for the purposes of letting off a little steam and not to be taken really seriously. So when I hear her being, at times when she's been catty about something, 
I'll usually not correct her in the moment, but I'll wait until a time when she's feeling a little more, you know, even keeled, and mm-hmm. then we'll discuss it. Well, and so we're, we're almost out of time, but I've got one last question. I mean, when you think about your daughter, I mean, my middle son is 17, and then I've got an older guy and a younger guy. And, and I think so much of, you know, when I was growing up, when I was gossiping about someone with a friend, I was on the phone I was either with them in person, right, or I was on the phone and my mom could pick up on the other line or walk into the room or whatever. Now I think so much of the social discourse obviously happens by text or it's happening over 75 social media channels, you know, 73 of which I've never even heard of. And, you know, it's so (laughs) hard for me to—I'm going to use the word police, which sounds terrible. It's not entirely what I mean, but it's so hard for me to kind of be aware of— the level of gossip that's happening in my son's lives because I, I don't really I feel like I don't see it. So I have you have to really go looking for it, I feel like. Mm, I don't. Well, I, or maybe I you say, don't. No, not really. I mean, I think it's pretty much front and center in the lives of adolescent girls as far as my experience goes with my daughter. And what I will say is that the kind of gossiping, though, that occurs over electronic means, over social media and so on, is really a little more tricky to deal with because there's no context. Mm-hmm. And context is everything. You know, tone of voice, the facial movements that you're making, even your body posture, how close you are to the person that you're speaking to, all of these things provide context mm-hmm. to interpret the meaning of uh, of what someone says. And the ambiguity uh, that is inherent in gossip when it's delivered without context is really challenging for people, especially for, for adolescents, I would say. Okay, so we're out of time. This might have to be a two-part podcast because <laughs> I feel like you have get, there's so much interesting information that we have covered in just the last 20 or so minutes. Thank you. This has been been. Really, really interesting, and I will work harder as a parent and not feel bad about gossiping. Those are my two big takeaways, actually. (laughs) Well, it's been really fun to chat with you, and I'd be delighted to come back and chat some more. And maybe we can even gossip a little in a production. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. I've been talking to Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, who is the University Distinguished Professor of Psychology and Director of the Interdisciplinary Effective Science Lab at Northeastern University. Um, So thank you so much again, Lisa, for being here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Our producer is Tim Einenkel. Our engineer is Zach Dinerstein. And Caitlin Peary helps me put together this podcast in the Real Simple offices. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas for this podcast directly to me at KVanOgtrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com and, of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. For Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.